Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome again to Making Room, the podcast with me, Eileen Morrison, and me, Holly DeCruz. This week, we're going to talk about confidence in all its forms. Self-confidence and confidence in those around us. What shapes it? The impact confidence or lack of it has on motherhood. And is there such thing as being overly confident? But first of all, how are you doing this week, Holly? I am okay, thank you. Um, I'm a bit tired. I'm a bit kind of, um, a bit weary. There was a big full moon last night and that always feels like it sucks my energy and then clocks going forward and general relaxing of lockdown, which is making me slightly anxious. Um, yeah, it, it does feel like there's a big change afoot, but I'm just trying to go slow and easy on myself. Uh, but I wonder if quite a few people are feeling that way. You know, we've kind of got used to this of what life is like over the last year and then suddenly it's changing again. So I wonder how many people are getting that sense of anxiety in a shift, you know? Yeah. I think for um, we spoke about it a couple of episodes ago where um, for a lot of people, um, they have been able to carve out their own paths and mm. not have all of the background noise of um, opinions and influences and just been able to make choices that suit them. Yeah. And for many people, it's like that has now there's the potential of all of that changing and that yeah. can feel quite daunting um for me I I think I was saying to my sister earlier like who are we inviting to our garden and then we kind of just looked at each other and was like no one like I, <laughs> I don't I just yeah I'm really happy yeah just not at this very time um I don't have to do it today or this yeah. week I can do it whenever I want now that I can yeah, that's um, true, isn't it? It's not like you you now have to go. You know, you don't have to now have six people in your garden. Yeah, just because you can. <laughs> exactly, uh, guys. We didn't do that anyone? Did we? <laughs> no. <laughs> exactly. So um, yeah, but I think it's really important that we're just giving ourselves the space to um, tune into what feels right and not feel like we're being swept along with what everyone else is doing. As always, I think that's always a good thing to be mindful of, but um, especially in light of this change again. Yeah. Um, one thing I did want to say is a big thank you to everyone that's reviewed the podcast because yes. I was um, I went onto it last night and was looking and it was so, so lovely. It really made my heart happy to see people leaving reviews or that it's um, something's resonated with them or they found it an interesting listen or that they've gone away and thought about stuff. I love that. It makes me really happy. So thank you if you have listened and reviewed. 
it can feel really weird putting something like a podcast out there because it's not like an Instagram post where, you know, you can see likes and comments and shares and all of those things. It's like you're just basically speaking and then being like, oh, people might listen. They might not. We don't know if they actually like it. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So seeing reviews is really nice. And And knowing that someone's listening to it. (laughs) That too is really helpful. (laughs) It's not just our televised (laughs) private chats. Exactly. So confidence, that's what we're talking about this week, which Mm. I think is actually a really good topic to come on to, given everything else we've spoken about over our uh, previous episodes, because I think it is linked into a lot of the other topics we've covered. Um, So so how would you describe confidence, Illy? What's your experience of confidence? Um, I mean, my experience of confidence, for me... My, what I think confidence is, is being able to apply yourself and trust fully mm. uh, in either your own ability or knowledge or experience um, or care yeah. uh, without fear. I think a lot of it is, and you know, a lot of the topics that we've spoken about before kind of really come into confidence, mm. um, you know, that all of those feelings of like doubt and fear. Um, It's about not having those uh, when you're making your choices or even if you do have them, knowing that you have the confidence to work with them. Yeah, and to kind of stay like grounded in your belief or the way you feel, um, irrelevant of what other people think. Exactly. Um, So it's a big, I think motherhood definitely brings that issue into light because I think it's when we realise our relationship with confidence a lot of the time, actually. Because before that, we can be swept along in other people's confidence. And I think motherhood provides its opportunity to step into our own or or be um, faced with the fact that we don't feel confident. Yeah, yeah. I think in many ways, motherhood tests our confidence more than anything yeah. else. Because you're suddenly having, you've got this responsibility. Um, when Before I had a child, I was known for being super confident. Everyone was like, oh my God, you're so confident. That's a load of BS. It was all a facade. Like I, I definitely am working on that. Mm. Um, but it would definitely be a front. And firstly, because I think confidence is contagious. Um, yeah. And so if you see someone else who's quite like, you know, you're like, oh yeah, I can be like that too. And but deep down, I think for me, I definitely wasn't necessarily like that. And I think I've spent a lot of my life, or I suppose a lot of my academic life, being reprimanded for that confidence. Mm. Um, and it being seen as something bad, being overconfident. Yeah. Um, or like a rebellious thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, But it was just always, it, was, it always had negative connotations for me. Mm. Um from people in authority or even, you know, friends, peers, whatever. Um, And so I I suppose, you know, sometimes it was like rein it in, rein in that that Mm. confidence because I think for a lot of people it can be intimidating. Um, You mean as a child or a teenager or as an adult? All three. All three. All three. I spoke to my mum about it the other day, interestingly, and she said, I have one regret about when you were growing up and that was always saying why are you so confident oh questioning it 
Yeah, but as in like, because everyone else said, or, or lots of other people. So I was raised in a very big Muslim community and she says, mm. lots of other people would say, oh gosh, Eileen, she's so confident. And so I would ask you, like as if, mm. you know, because people were saying it was bad and I'm thinking, well, okay, I don't want my child to be perceived as being like bad. Mm. So, you know, it'd be, why, why are you this confident? Why are you kind of like got to go and do these things that other children wouldn't do? And she yeah. says, that's my one regret to ever make you think that your confidence was a was a bad thing yeah wow and what, so, a, what a know, mega thing to say yeah that's I mean, really 30 years oh. later <laughs> to yeah, be but, like but still man, that's, that's I, a really that's that's must have been difficult for your mum to acknowledge and vocalize i'm, yeah, I'm kind and I, of this is what I mean. in a bit in awe of that <laughs> i think 30 years later to kind of be like nah this is something that's still playing on my mind yeah and i recognize what what that could do and I, and and this is this is the thing about parenting it doesn't it, you don't stop learning you don't stop evolving you don't stop reflecting and you don't stop being sorry you know it's not mm. like oh you're a grown woman now so i don't need to i don't need to care or i don't need to look at how my behaviors could have impacted your life because well you're big like it doesn't matter mm. and to turn around it's it's humbling you know to yeah, be like yeah that's exactly mm, it Actually, yeah, I I recognise that that's something that I did, and it's so funny because now Isan, my daughter, has a oh my gosh, balls of bloody steel! Like I just, you know, she's just an absolute force, mm. and I love it. Mm. You know, I love it, but it's one of those things that it's like, oh crap, how will this be accepted in wider society? You know, yeah when I send her out, my black child, I send her out into society, how will her confidence be diminished? Perceived. Or, yeah, yeah. You know, people just really being like, why are you like this? You know, and I'm just like, okay, well, I'm never going to be the one. I want her to at least feel like she can be confident at home. Um, and I will continue to try and put her in spaces that are only safe and accepting of that, which mm. is hard, but I think very necessary. Yeah, but you know, inevitably, you're not going to have control over that. And that's that must be quite frightening. I mean, you know, really, I came to the decision quite not that late, not that long ago, sorry, um, that I wouldn't be putting her in mainstream school mm. um, or any children I have. If I am in the position to be able to educate her at home, um, mm. that's exactly what I'll do. Um, I was educated at home and I think I turned out all right. Um, and actually my my confidence and my character only became flawed when I joined institutions. Yeah. Um, it because only that was... undermined everything you felt deeply yeah. in yourself. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I wonder how much of that is affected by being black as well. Because if you look at white kids who are confident, it's kind of praised and celebrated yeah. Yeah, it isn't exactly. the same for black people or people of colour. Exactly. And so that's it. It's that that for me, my confidence was used as, as like a weapon. Yeah. Gosh, why are you like this? Why are you so overconfident? I spoke yeah. about it in a previous episode where like a midwife was like, you were just so overconfident. I didn't like you. Yeah. And what is overconfident? What is what that? Is overconfidence? Like, I just think, <laughs> oh, I don't I don't know what you mean. I don't know what you mean. Um and I think that is that is it. My response now, and people are like you're too confident. I don't know what you mean. 
Because if you then make people reply and say, yeah. what do you mean by overconfident? What is or their apologize response going even. to be? But, but what, do you, what do you mean? Yeah. If you say I'm overconfident, is it that I am brave? Is it that I have a belief in what I'm saying? Or is it that you're uncomfortable with it? Is it something yeah. that you don't like about it? Yeah, how much then, of it how much of it belongs to you and how much of it is a triggered reaction or response, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. And I think the same thing, I've got the same thing on Instagram where people are like, Whoa, you're confident. And it's like, mm. what why are you why are you does it scare you? Yeah. But I think okay, so that's an interesting point, isn't it? Because actually what I think interactions like that highlight is that we're very uncomfortable with confidence. We're very uncomfortable with the idea of of people knowing themselves, of advocating for themselves, of speaking up, of standing up, because it's not the norm. It's certainly not what our institutions encourage or nurture. And so when we see someone doing it, it's like, excuse me, like, what the hell do you think you're doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like someone jumping to the front of line, isn't it? It's like, mm-hmm. just get your back up. Exactly. And that yeah. is very reflective, I think, of, of the spaces we grow up in. Because if you look at kids, kids are confident, right? toddlers are confident babies are confident in asking for what they need um and then suddenly that almost gets shamed out of them exactly you know like oh don't do that don't do that you'll make people feel uncomfortable or um give other people a turn or it's it's slowly and subtly dampened within us i think that sense of confidence Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Um, and I think as women, so obviously there is lots of intersectionalities here. But mm-hmm. so as women, it's already something that we're taught to not have. It's a boy. It's a masculine thing. Trait, it's yeah. a masculine characteristic. Yeah. Boys can be confident. Boys can be brave. Boys can be bold. And women need to be tame, need to be quiet, you know. And palatable. And, and, and palatable, exactly. So as women, as we even, as we go through these um, parts of our life or whatever, you know, adolescence and Mm. going into the workforce and things like that that thing of being confident is like beaten out of us because it's not accepted yeah societally yeah and in every single area of that it's not accepted you know if you think about teenage girls let's say as a teenage girl you are really confident in how your body has changed and you feel really good about your body and you you know you want to wear certain clothes or, um, you know, dress in a certain way or, or what am I trying to say? It's That's then taken from you as something that doesn't belong to you. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you're doing that to get the attention of men or you're, do, you know, you, it's a, you're almost told it's not for you to be confident for exactly. you. <laughs> exactly. Oh, your dog's. I know. My dog's just very confident, you know. She's just not afraid to be, have her voice heard. <laughs> we should all be a little bit more This is going to be, yeah, this is going to be her favourite episode. She's oozing with it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, sorry, you were saying about intersectionality and how, how much that dictates and affects our relationship yeah, yeah. with confidence. Exactly, exactly. And, uh, you know, just basically, as women, our confidence is already unacceptable. As mm. black women, it's even more unacceptable. Yeah. You know, it's it, everything is layered 
yeah. all of this stuff is so layered. And when we when we come into birth, then something that we should be inherently confident in, whatever our mode of birth is, whatever our medical conditions are and things like that, we should be mm. confident in the fact that we will be supported. Yeah. Is it actually happening? Well, I think we know the answer to that is no. It's mm. not actually happening. And interestingly, when we, if you have a white woman who's going into her birth saying, right, this is what I want, these are my choices. You're like, wow, she's really confident in communicating. Yeah. A black woman does that wants. and she's aggressive, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. Um, and you can say, no, that doesn't happen until you're blue in the face, but it does happen. It I, I mean, you know, this this thing, um, this thing of the um, not believing people when they say, this is what is happening <laughs> yeah. to me. This is my experience. This is my experience. I, I, I become sort of flabbergasted by it, but not in the way mm. that people are like, I'm, I'm, I'm fumbling. I just think it's absolutely ridiculous. I think in the same time that we were saying to people, believe women, trust women, da, 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 but yeah. not black women, not yeah. black women when they tell you that their experiences exactly. are, are, are basically coated in, in, in racism to me, it's like, why do we insist on gaslighting women generally? But why do we insist on further gaslighting black women? Yeah. So this evening, um, the documentary yes. is coming out on black maternal mortality. And uh, Rochelle Humes is presenting it. And um, I assume you've read the post. <laughs> I've read the post. <laughs> and you know what? I've, I've really taken to um, not going into comment sections because actually I feel like they're very toxic spaces. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't resist. Mm. And there were a lot of white midwives yeah. and medical professionals who were saying, I can't believe that you're even accusing us of being racist. Yes. Um, Just totally centering the experience of black women around themselves. Yeah, exactly. It's, and it's like, oh. oh, it's not, I'm not, I'm I'm literally not talking to you. Yeah, personally, I'm sure you're a great midwife or maybe you're not. But this is a thing. <laughs> this is what we need to recognise that. I'm like, okay, guys, the issue is systemic. Yeah. This means that even if there were no racists working within, within the system, yeah. the system itself is still racist. However... Yes. There are racists working within the system. Yeah. And that makes it more problematic. But mm. until people stop centering themselves and gaslighting black women, accusing them of being aggressive, accusing them of being liars, accusing them yeah. of being untrustworthy and ungrateful. Yeah. Then this will continue to happen. Yeah. It's, it's almost like I always feel like what you're hearing is, look, do you want care or not? Exactly. Which is Take so alarming. Mm. And damaging and painful but but that is Cora agrees um that is what you're hearing yep and I was reading those comments this morning as well and um I saw that someone had said look I'm not gonna um speak any further because you're caring for for people today and I don't want to trigger you anymore which I thought was just such a very moving thing to say hmm but yeah, that is very interesting because then rather than dealing with the issue, all that happens is people waste their energy on fighting over who's right and who's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, the, the thing is, 
we can have discussions about lots of things. You know, I'm super happy to discuss what snacks you like. I'm really happy to discuss clothes. I'm happy to discuss holiday destinations. What I'm not happy to discuss is racism. There is no discussion. Yeah. Like there's no discussion. We don't argue about racism. We don't yeah. need a devil's advocate. We don't need for you to just be like, yes. trying to see from the other point of view. We don't need it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it change. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Unless you are contributing towards change, then we don't need you to be doing anything. Yeah. Leave people alone. And defensiveness just, it just shuts down all avenues to progress. And I find it so depressing that that is what you see. I I say continuously to people like, calling for equality means that no one loses out. Yeah. So if you get upset when black women are being are, are asking to be treated in the same way that their white counterparts are, mm. what does that say about you? Mm. So no one is saying, let's take from their care and put yeah, it in our but care. But that's the thing, isn't it? It's it's mad, but it's like, it's that typical thing that happens now. People don't read, they just respond. And react. And react. They just react exactly. It's just continuous, like, oh, what? I'm just going to gloss over what they're actually saying oh my God, no. And you know, it's this thing. I remember when I first started speaking about it on social media last year and people and people were like, well, where's the evidence? Where's the evidence? Mm. It's like, or oh, here's the evidence. No, I don't want that evidence. <laughs> I want the evidence that proves that you're wrong. Yeah. Share that with me. Well, go find it yourself then. Mm. <laughs> go and find it. But, but another, a big part of the problem is that then these big arguments, which shouldn't be arguments in the first place, distract from us being able to explore the nuances of things like confidence Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or autonomy or trust or all the other things we've we've spoken about and nothing changes because the issues that are at the root of this don't get any airspace exactly because people are too busy fighting trying to defend themselves as not being racist you know it's it's just really worrying that the experience always has to be centred rather than just heard and seen as a call to action, not a criticism. Yeah, exactly. Not a personal criticism, you know? And, like, the thing is, I want all women and birthing people to be confident in their experiences you know, and in their decisions and their choices. Um, And it isn't just about being like, well, only black women should have that. It's like, well, actually, if 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 we speak about confidence from all its angles, like you said, all of those nuances, then we can help everyone to feel confident in that we can you know and that's what we should all be wanting, not being like, well, you're a liar. So I don't care if you feel confident in me or not. Yeah. Like, (laughs) yeah. And then the care goes out the window anyway. Exactly. Exactly. Because and that's because you're happening. moaning too much. Exactly. <laughs> and that's what's happening when these black women go to these yeah. hospitals and they're asking for care. So I read a comment that said, um, are you telling me that it's race that causes people to lose their babies, causes yeah. black women to lose their babies? Well, maybe it's because they're predisposed to this, that and the other. I was like, yeah. OK, so we've got to, you know, there's lots of angles that we could look at this as because the whole thing is 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 uh, seeped in racism anyway. The inequalities in our living, the inequalities mm. in our um, our healthcare support. So if you think that we live in a country that has uh, 
the sort of, you know, top medical professionals, mm. why are these predispositions not being treated? Yeah. You know, why are these people not being treated? So that's a problem in itself. But also, you know, we say it's not, when will you understand? Yes, there are predispositions that have, that cause these things, but, and in women that are completely low risk, there's nothing wrong with them. And yet they are still dying. So they're not yeah. dying from anything that was was bothering them before, any illness that they had before. That's not what's killed them. Yeah. So why aren't you looking at what it could be? <laughs> yeah. Why don't you want to say it? And how worrying that is. a nice big capital R that yeah. racism is what is affecting the lives of these people. Mm. Because what kills their babies, these low-risk, healthy women, is that they go into hospital and they say, I've got pain. And they say, ah, oh, nah. I'm sure it's in your head. Yeah. You're not crying. You're not shouting. Mm. You can't be in that much pain. Oh, it's probably a bit of indigestion. Oh, go home. Yeah. You know, these are the types of stories that, that I hear and that many of us have experienced. And so it's like, give people, what I think we need to be doing is giving people the tools to be confident that they can go and get the support that they need, but mm. also the doctors and nurses and midwives and other healthcare professionals, the confidence to treat these things according to the person that they are being faced with. Yeah, faced and by, the confidence you know? to listen. Yeah, and to believe in, 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 and to believe that the care that they're giving is unbiased and isn't racist and to say, right, I'm just, I'm just treating you. I yeah. am actually treating you the way I treat everyone else. Yeah. And it kind of ties in with what, what when we were talking about trust in that, you know, a woman has to trust in her body. She has to trust in her caregiver and her caregiver has to trust in her body. And the same goes for confidence, really, doesn't it? You yeah. know, it has to be, um, it has to go both ways. We can't just put all of our confidence in other people and then be left without any for ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, and confidence in what our bodies can do, confidence in how we can communicate, confidence in asserting ourselves. There's so many layers to it, especially in, in pregnancy and labour and birth. Um, but then, of course, that affects the onward journey too. Yeah. When at, you know, if you if you look at the postnatal care we get, and how quickly everything becomes charted, and. Mm -hmm documented and, and how confident you should be is dictated by how well you're meeting someone's guidelines or how well your baby is meeting growth charts or whatever but that's what your confidence should be based on rather than just knowing that your baby is healthy and growing and that you're feeding them the way you want to feed them it all becomes externalized doesn't it we pass it on all the time yeah yeah and i think as well it's it's slightly like, it's again that thing of like your confidence being a bad thing. Like when your child has lost weight, but you know that they're feeding, you know that they're getting everything that they need. And it's like. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway. Like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Um, you're wrong because it's yeah. not meeting. It's not meeting this growth point that it should yeah. be at. And it's like, but you know, yeah. I remember saying to them like, maybe that's just what she's like. Like, maybe she'll just take her time and she'll gain the weight. They're like, no, we'll be yeah. back tomorrow to weigh her because yeah. she needs to have gained this much. Yeah, and I remember just feeling so stressed about yeah. it. Yeah, and like gradually not believing in myself anymore and thinking, do you know what, Eileen? Like that you're clearly doing something wrong. Yeah. And I didn't feel like that at first. I felt like it's okay. Like I was doing the right things. I was feeling her the way I needed to. And it was just like, nope, 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 nope. At every turn. Yeah, your confidence is being picked away at. Yeah, exactly. And then being like, oh, so what do I need to do then? And suddenly I felt so, so vulnerable. Mm. And like I was having to hand over my my confidence yeah. to these people. like. And and it wasn't that they were doing anything wrong necessarily. I mean, you know, we've yeah. spoken about this before, but it's a, it's it's a, a real system. system. Yeah. It's a system. So, you know, it's like I would I went to um, her last weigh-in at three weeks old. Mm. And I remember just feeling so apprehensive about it, thinking mm. I haven't done enough. I haven't done enough for her. Like, you know, and when she was just back at birth weight mm. and they said, um, do you want to come in next week? I was like, no, thank you. No, thank you. I don't. Um, I'm happy to be discharged now. Yeah. Um, and to go and rebuild my confidence. And yeah. I saw one of the midwives. She was about, Islam was about seven months old. And I saw one of the midwives and she couldn't believe what this child looked like because she was just full on like rolls everywhere. <laughs> and she was like, I can't believe this is the same baby. And I was just like, I can. Yeah, yeah I can. And I always yeah. did. And I always did, exactly. Yeah. And I, I wish, I hope... But completely understand. Yeah, that not everyone has that. Yes, and that's that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, I when I had Cosmo, people were always shocked. I mean, I never ever took him. To, he's never been weighed. I never took him to be weighed, and everyone was like, "What do you mean? Like, well, how do you know how much he weighs?" I'm like, "Well, I don't. <laughs> I'm not really I mean, bothered by how much he weighs. <laughs> like, he's getting bigger, and he's healthy, and he's feeding well, and he's producing wet nappies. And honestly, you would think I was breaking the law." The reactions mm-hmm. I got, um, you know, and I'm not suggesting, you know, you always have to kind of veto these things. I'm not suggesting you don't take your baby to get weighed if you, if that's what you want to do. But what I am saying is that I felt confident that I was meeting my baby's needs and that he was healthy. I was mm-hmm. confident in that. So I didn't need 
someone else to tell me that that was the case. I didn't feel the need to go and get that. You know, I understand that some people do, but it's interesting how other people take on that anxiety for you and tell you why you shouldn't be confident. It That's interesting to me. Incredible. Like, what do you do? <laughs> You know, like you're so kind like, of like so wild careless. woman yeah so, and that I'm actually like being rebellious. irresponsible yeah, or that yeah, I'm yeah. you know that I'm doing something to be purposefully obtuse almost yeah yeah exactly like why are you trying to prove a point yeah and like, that's what it the kind risk of feels to like. your child yeah. why are you trying to prove a point it's like oh no it's like the benefit to my child yeah. well the benefit to me and therefore the benefit to them yeah like <laughs> yeah so again confidence gets turned around and used against you exactly A podcast from producerpaul.co.uk. So as a culture and a society, are we just not really very welcoming of confidence as a as a sense? I mean, I think we've been, like you said, with the with toddlers, like we have been conditioned to be following rules, to follow the status quo. Mm. You know, you just do it. And you can step outside the line a tiny bit, but not too much. Yeah. And I don't know who it is that's decided, probably men, um, where that line is. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, stay within these lines and you'll be absolutely these fine. You're doing parameters. the right thing. These are the parameters. And those who step out of it are put in these categories. And it's like, you know, anti this or, you know, earth earth parent or, you know, free free parenting or whatever. Or you're radical. You're in groups. You're suddenly very parenting. radical. Yeah. Exactly. You're putting these categories. And it's like, oh, no, I'm not. I'm actually just really confident in what I'm doing. Yeah. And, and then you're of, kind of made an example of like, this is what happens if you get too confident. Well, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and it's exactly that. So if, for example, like you say, Oh, do you know what? I'm not going to take my child to get weighed, blah, 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 blah. Then you get the health visitor come at one year old. And this child is not quite meeting all of those little points that they need to be meeting. Mm. And they say, well, maybe if you'd have got the baby weighed. It's like, see, yeah. see what happens? You see yeah. what happens when you don't do these things? <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's like, oh. It's all your Fault. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So that's where your confidence gets you. Yeah. And it's going to trip be you a up. Lesson. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's just, I find it really interesting. And I don't, again, this is not to um, to mock anyone who, who, who feels like this, anyone who feels like they need to be getting that reassurance or that they get their confidence from being told that they're doing something right. That's fine. Yeah, and that's not a bad thing. Not at if all. If that's what feels right for you. But it's about being confident in doing what feels right for you. Yeah, you know, not not being like, oh, they just told me I had to do this, so I did it. And they told me I should believe this, so I just, so I believe it. It's like mm. saying, oh, actually, I want to do it. I'm confident that that's the right thing to do. You know, and I think it kind of comes into a lot, of, a lot about being confident in doing your own research and being confident yeah. in asking the questions, being confident to say no, being confident to say, where did that come from? Or what happens if I do nothing? Mm. All of these are confidence things. You know, and it takes time to build, which yeah. is why we say, like, you know, your birth education comes before your your thirty four weeks pregnant, and the classes are being offered. Mm. Because it you takes know. time to build. If exactly. you haven't been in a habit of being particularly confident or being confident in how you source information and action it, then it's going to take some getting used to, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And if you decide that that's what that's the kind of 
um, energy you want to take into your parental journey, then you have to get to work. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just going to appear. But also that confidence isn't cancelled out by feelings of inadequacy or Mm -hmm. exhaustion or Or fear or doubt, you know, or regret, like we were talking about um, last Last week. week. And we can be confident and feel those things. You know, if you think about the journey of a new mother, especially in the immediate postpartum, when you're sleep deprived, your hormones are fluctuating, you know, you just feel like you've been dumped in something massive. Uh, It's very easy to translate that as lack of confidence, like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. You can be confident and also not know what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, that's interesting. I mean, that's the story of my life, guys. Yeah. Like, I am like, I wing it. I wing it just because I'm confident. You do it with confidence. Yeah, exactly. I'm just like, oh, okay. You know, I'm just going to see what happens here. Yeah, I mean, I never... So I did a talk last week for the Edinburgh Wellness Festival. And um, she's like, oh, I can send you the questions beforehand. I was like, no, 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 it's fine. I'll just just, um, answer them when you ask them. And she's like, oh, okay. Um, and other things I've done where they've offered to send me, you know, give me a heads up of what's going to be asked. But I'm confident that I know what I'm talking about and I will talk honestly and that I believe in what I'm saying, that I don't need to prepare to make things palatable. Mm. If people don't like what I'm saying, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of okay with that. It's okay. I don't, I don't mind if you disagree. Um, but I'm confident to speak from my heart. And I think that is something that we should be nurturing in each other that we don't need to get it right but have confidence that you can speak truthfully without fear of judgment or without being reprimanded exactly and i i I wrote a post um on instagram about this kind of whether women choose to be silent or whether they're actually silenced and Mm. particularly you sound like oprah there Okay, obviously. <laughs> I mean, what can I say? She took it from me. Um, <laughs> I've got absolutely no doubt about that. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, our, what happens when we speak? What happens when we yeah. um, express dissatisfaction or confusion yeah. or uh, anger, yeah. frustration, fear, what shame even? What happens? Yeah. yeah. And what makes us not say anything? Yeah. You know, something like PTSD was only associated with motherhood in the 70s. Mm. Uh, why is that when we think about it? Because before it was about war. It was about mm. people who went to war and they would feel, um, they would have flashbacks from like a near-death experience. Yeah. Totally normal. But for women to be affected by it, and women weren't speaking about it. Why weren't they speaking about it? Mm. Because PTSD is highly traumatic. Um but and no one was holding a space for it. No one was holding, exactly. Because what was happening when women were saying they were finding it difficult, it's like, oh, you're, you're not a good mother. Oh, well, what do you mean? Yeah. You know, why are you acting like this? Why are you yeah. ungrateful? Some people mm. can't have children. You know, all of these things <sighs> that you're met with when you express uh, something, being something that perhaps you shouldn't be because that isn't what mothering looks like. So, you know, it's... And I, for me, I've... 
and it's it's kind of gone further, <clears throat> it's developed more, but this confidence in really being very open about the things the the things that ail me as a mother. You know, I, I don't I don't care if you don't agree. I really don't care. The 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 thing is it's about creating those spaces so that other women can feel seen and say, Do you know what shit? Yeah. Finally we I can say what I need to say with my whole chest mm. because I haven't been able to do that before. You know, yeah, um, and still be seen as capable and confident mm-hmm. and, and loving and, and loving, yeah, and, totally, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. It's like, but that gets stripped away when we are vulnerable. Yeah, yeah, and that is so sad and so unnecessary. I think as well, modern day mothering, modern day parenting. I suppose, mm. like once upon a time, women were able to stay at home with their children and raise their children and and, Mm. and that was it. And those who didn't want to could go and get work, but you didn't have to work if you didn't want to. Yeah. But nowadays it's like, it's very hard to live on one sole income. Yeah. It's quite, it's a privileged position to be in. Mm. And many places don't offer good maternity leave packages. Mm. Um, And, you know, before your baby's six months, you're back in, you're back at work. And I think... For me, it's like I, I feel like that first year of parenting is so important when it comes to oh, yeah. developing that confidence and that kind of um, intuition. Intuition, exactly. And it's like so many of us aren't afforded that. Yeah. You know, because we're um, rushed away again. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, it doesn't, we don't have time to develop that sense of self. Yeah, exactly. That's interesting. And, and it's, it's sad, but it doesn't, it's not the end of the world. You know, you can still do it. It's, it's like everything is so binary in this in this motherhood's like world. It's like, well, either you're a working mum or you're a stay-at-home mum. Yeah. Or you're a this or you're a that. And it's like, well, actually, I'm just doing what I need to. You can still build confidence and you can still, you know, do both. You can Well, do and both. also your feelings towards both can change. Yeah. Like sometimes... I can think of nothing I would love more than to be a stay-at-home mum and for that to be what all of my energy goes into. And at other times, I'm so glad when our childcare arrives and I can throw myself into a project or work. And it changes because that is the nature of motherhood. That is the nature of this kind of emotional landscape Mm -hmm. that is before us. It does change and it's we you don't have to pick a feeling and that's it <laughs> it can change and feelings come and go and moods shift and resources differ and all of those things can affect how happy we feel how confident we feel how supported we feel um that it's evolving all the time this idea that it's this linear process and i'm talking about pregnancy i'm talking about birth i'm talking about motherhood all of those things the idea that they're linear in terms of how we feel about them is such a masculine concept mm-hmm. isn't Definitely. it yeah yeah it's like we'll pick do you like it or not <laughs> yeah and exactly. I was like i don't know can you ask me on like five different days yeah i mean right in this very moment love it but yeah. ask me again in a minute and i'll probably tell you not right now yeah that's okay that's okay <laughs> yeah and it's no it doesn't bear any judgment on your you know um 
yeah your capabilities I guess and how confident you should and are entitled to be in them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because we are entitled to feel confident that's not something we hear very often is it no like you're entitled to feel confident you're entitled to feel respected you are entitled as a human being to feel these these things you know look I look at my kids and I see how much they feel that and I'm I'm almost jealous of them sometimes because I'm like oh you just have the best life <laughs> yeah exactly. and that best sense of self mm. you know my oldest son is is really into skateboarding and I see him at the skate park, which, you know, I speak to you nearly every day from the skate park, as you well know. Um, but I just see him just having the time of his life there and just really expressing himself and going for it and not being, not holding back. And I'm so inspired when I watch him. Because it's like nothing, you're not thinking about anything else and you're not thinking about what anyone thinks of you or nothing is inhibiting your joy. Yeah. And I I think, how do we get that? So how do we get people to feel like that? Well, how do we get how, it back? Yeah, well, how, exactly. How do we get it back? But yeah. particularly in, the, in, in pregnancy and birth and the postpartum period, how can we really encourage people to, and I say we as in women collectively encouraging yeah. other women, um, to, to really find that again and... Mm-hmm. As, as a midwife and as a birth educator, I'm like, you know, that antenatal education is where it's vital. You know, it's an opportunity. Yes, people might come to it later than they should, but at least they're coming and they are having those real conversations. It's an opportunity to really help to empower people to start mm. the journey of believing in them, in themselves and their confidence. You know, mm. and that's an opportunity that I think a lot of antenatal education courses aren't taking because they're, they're very busy talking about what you should put in your baby bag. Yeah. Um, and that's not a dig, by the way. There's no, I'm not, you know, it's not specifically anyone. It's just mm. generally it's an opportunity and it's like we should take it with both hands to really arm women and birthing people with this thing, this ability to be like, no, I don't want to do it. Yes, I do want to do it. Mm. You know, those types of things. Um, well, or also, I feel like this or I don't or whatever. Yeah. I mean, to a large degree, even birth education is quite reactive, isn't it? Mm. Because if you think about it, I mean, as a birth educator, I feel like I could start working with someone two years before they even conceived yeah. on birth education and yeah. everything yeah. that they could do with knowing. But it's not. It's something you come to at least Once halfway through your pregnancy and by that point, it's like, okay, just how would we just get you through this in the best way possible? Yeah. And the work is too big to do yeah. profoundly at that point. And then by the time you have a baby, that's taking up all of your energy. Yeah. So again, it just gets skipped again, doesn't it? Yeah. And I'm, I feel very, very privileged. Like with my debriefs, mm. I can... I see people before they have their second baby. Yes, yeah, you can. And they're like, the right we're time. thinking about having another baby. And I'm like, yeah. it's like <clears throat> I hear the like celebratory music. Yeah, <laughs> like, <"Yes, laughs> the angels singing. <laughs> exactly, like, <laughs> let's have this conversation. This is vital yeah. and well done. And the first thing I say to them is, it's amazing that you're coming to me now. Yeah. 
you know, because... So proactive, isn't it? And it's so proactive, exactly. And I, I mean, it's not... Some people don't even know that the service exists and they think maybe I need to be there when I'm pregnant or whatever. But I, I'm like, you know, coming before and you're saying, I want to have the tools to go into this confidently. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm in awe of those and I, I encourage yeah, so many I people totally to go agree. and do it. Yeah, it's a bit like, um, you know, therapy, isn't it? You don't have to wait to go to therapy. You don't have to wait for something terrible to happen to go to therapy. Exactly. I, you know, if, when I say I've been to therapy, they're like, oh, what happened? I'm like, well, nothing in particular. Nothing. Just, <laughs> I just I'm wanted just to figure did. some stuff out. Um, chat. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, you know, self-care in my eyes. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. part of, it's no different to going for a run. It's exactly, exactly. the same. Um, but it's it's funny how we have this relationship with it, that it's this um, um, reactive indulgence. It's like, well, I'll have to wait till something really bad happens that triggers the need for that. Mm-hmm. Like, no, you need it. <laughs> Everyone yeah, needs it. Yeah, because also when these things come out, there's <clears throat> they there's other things that underlie them. Yeah. So it's like, it's all you might think that you're reacting to this one thing, but yeah. so much more will come out yes. that you could have perhaps dealt with. And then this one thing wouldn't have been the kind of catalyst totally. point. And so that's exactly that. it, isn't it? And that is what I think lack of confidence is wrapped up in. Because when you are busy caught up in the, the strains of life, you don't have time to see what is impacting you, what is influencing mm. the way you feel and the decisions you make. You don't have time. You don't have the the clarity or the space to see those things. Yeah. Um, and so how the hell are you meant to be confident in it? <laughs> exactly. You know, you have to give yourself the intentional commitment to work out why you feel the way you feel. Mm. What has impacted that? What life experiences have led you to feel the way you feel, have led you to react the way you react, have led you to connect or disconnect from certain people or places or things or events? Everything, you know, when we first started talking about this podcast, our idea was to connect the dots, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. It's like all of these things are linked. It's not, exactly. they're not standalone subjects, which is why... You know, so far in this episode, I don't feel like we've specifically spoken about confidence even because no. <laughs> it's impossible I mean, this, to. This episode could be called whatever. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but, but, but that's the point. That is the point. Yeah. All of these things are intrinsically linked. You yeah. cannot talk about one without talking about the other. I'm just thinking, so if we've done this whole episode and we, you know, don't forget, it is about confidence, but you have to. <laughs> so listen, but if you listen to it, you'll get that confidence is at the root of everything that we've spoken about. But you know that at the end of every episode, we love to give some action points. Mm. I'm going to ask you to start, Holly. What, what okay. would you say are the action points? So for me personally, a big part of what has informed my confidence is um, really always trying to understand what my options are in an, in any given situation. Mm-hmm. So really getting a clear idea of all the different choices I could make and almost lining them up in front of myself. Mm-hmm. Because I think otherwise we can just be pulled in the same direction as everyone else without really knowing that we've got options. 
So for me, it's about being as informed as possible, understanding that most things I could choose to do have their own risks and benefits and seeing where my instinct takes me on those options. So so being informed, I would say, is my number one. Hmm. Okay. I Did I just would... steal yours? <laughs> I mean, there's only one, really. Bloody hell. <laughs> um, I would say um, getting comfortable with not always feeling confident. Like, it's okay. Mm. It's okay. Yeah. Like, you can feel, and it's not a bad thing. We know we get into this kind of, like, self-deprecating thing of, like, oh, my gosh, like, does it make me, like, weaker or you know, these negative uh, thought cycles. And it's like, well, actually, it's okay. Yeah. I'm not feeling particularly confident. What can I do to build on that confidence? Why am I not feeling confident? You know, we examine things. Mm. Look at where our feelings are. Look at what our feelings are and what causes those. And then we can kind of go to build on that confidence. You don't have to have it all at all times. Yeah. You know, so it's okay. It's okay to not feel it all the time and to know that it is safe to build on it um, and not having to do anything until you've done that is also absolutely fine. Taking your time. Yeah. Yeah, And as part of that, you know, understanding that mistakes aren't really mistakes. Yeah. You know, these opportunities. Yeah, they're learning opportunities and they might just be pushing you in a different direction or making you look at something differently. And actually, I always see when I look back and think, oh, I got that wrong. Rather than berating myself, it almost makes me more confident in what I'm going to do in the future. So using what could be perceived as errors of judgment or mistakes as a reason to step in to where you want to be. Yeah. And how you want to feel and where you want to go. So using using those... um, those trip ups to your yeah. advantage, I think. Exactly. My last one, I think, is as a as a midwife, especially, I think seeking out that support, the mm. right support that will make you feel confident, you know, that those people that can really help to inform you in an unbiased way, mm. you know, to really support you to kind of get to the point where you're like, actually, I'm good. I'm yeah. happy to make this decision. I'm confident in that choice. And if you and, and it's it's important that if you don't feel that you're getting that, you go somewhere else to get that. Absolutely. Don't feel Absolutely. like you have to just be like, oh well, that's it then. It's not. So and and as healthcare professionals, I don't know if healthcare professionals is this, but like we can also have confidence in the fact that we can sometimes make mistakes and we can sometimes yeah. get things wrong and we can sometimes treat people unfairly without even knowing it and that we can learn from those and be confident in our learning and that our intention, you mm. know, those are the things it's like, okay, perhaps this person didn't like the way that they were treated. Yeah. I, what was my intention? What happened? And how can I sort of learn from from what that was but confident in the fact that you are just ever evolving and that you might do things that aren't necessarily right but that that, that it's never too late to make changes mm. and that you don't have to be confident in someone just because you're told you do yeah. you know just because someone is considered an authority on something it doesn't mean you have to put your confidence in them you can choose you can say you know what i don't i don't feel so confident in that and so I'm going to find somewhere I feel more confident. That's okay. It's no um, reflection on you. 
Um, also, I think it's difficult to talk about it without touching on the idea of looking after ourselves. Mm. You know, confidence needs a good place to grow. Yeah. And we need to provide that. We need to provide that rested, thoughtful, um, relaxed ground on which confidence can blossom because it does take that in our very busy noisy overwhelming society it's easy to just let our confidence slip away and so you know prioritizing our rest making sure we're eating well um really taking care of ourselves gives a better or gives more of an opportunity for confidence to start infiltrating everything you do i think Definitely. Um, Self-care is a must. Communal care is also, you yeah. know, turn to others, like we said, with that support. Like, you know, you don't... And also, I said that last one was my last one, but this is my last one. <laughs> Your last, last, last one. <laughs> last, last, last one. Um, but, like, if it is getting too much, if you're feeling overwhelmed by this confidence or, like, you as a person are thinking, mm, perhaps this isn't... Perhaps I don't need to be that confident, mm. you know, Take a minute. It's okay. Take yeah. a minute. Breathe. Reflect. You know, think, okay, mm, maybe I just need a bit of time by myself. Yeah, you don't and... need to show up with it every second. Exactly. Just because you're known for being confident, you don't yeah. have to be like that all the time. You do what you want to do, what you need to do. Protect your space. Protect your energy. Um, yeah. Yeah. That is it, though. That is really my last one, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> you sure? This is your last chance yeah, to get yeah, in another yeah, last yeah, one. No, I'm done. I'm done. So, you know, actually this whole, I think as well, sometimes it's really good to have something that can be like a sort of guide or could help you with all of these things because it can feel like it's all in our heads sometimes. Mm. Um, and I know that your book, Holly, has a lot about this, about that confidence, about that belief in yourself, also about taking the time to nurture it. and. Yeah. Um, I just think it is a tool that every pregnant woman or birthing person should have. Would you agree? <laughs> I mean, it would be <laughs> foolish of me not to, wouldn't it? Yeah, just a um, Yeah, I do write about confidence a lot in the book because, I, you know, motherhood your way is all about how to worry less and enjoy more in your baby's first year. And a lot of that, I feel, comes down to feeling confident. Um, so it's touched on and delve deeper into a lot in my book so there um it's the link to it is in the show notes um along with where to find us um and as always we would love to hear your views about what we've been talking about so has your confidence dipped with motherhood or has it grown has it blossomed let us know by joining the conversation over on instagram as I said, links for both of us are in the show notes. I'm at the Yes Mum Mum. And I'm at Mixing Up Motherhood. Join us next week when we'll discuss resilience. So please do follow the podcast wherever you're listening. And of course, we'd love for you to review it too. Thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.